Thanks for pressing play on the Real-Time 3D in Education podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. One of the side quests, if you will, of this podcast is to shine a light not on just the work being done in the classroom with classroom teachers, but some of the people on the periphery of classroom teaching who are doing incredible work in real-time 3D and what we would call preparation for jobs of the future. It's a term we hear all the time, and we use a lot in education to talk about the roles and positions our students might have that we may not even know about. We're talking about work in a number of different industries, all the way from farming to entertainment, um, and obviously things like video games and video production. Alison Frenzel is doing some of this work preparing kids for the jobs of the future through a program she spearheads at the California Department of Education called the Arts, Media and Entertainment Workforce Development Initiative. She works with partners there to put students in paid internship positions at some of the world's largest companies working in the real-time 3D space. We have a great conversation about the pathway students can take into these career choices. And we also dive into conversations about equity and diversity in this evolving workforce and the work that she's doing there. So when we come back, my conversation with Allison Frenzel. All right, Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to get started. We're going to we're going to take some deep dives into some of this awesome work that you're doing. But I'd love for you to share your background, um, you know, how you um, got involved in, you know, real time 3D, not necessarily as a as a teacher of the of the tools, but um, involved in it nonetheless. And, and I think you're creating some incredible opportunities for kids and I'd, I'd love to know how you got interested in this how you became involved and and some of the work that you're doing now great yeah thank you um so i was introduced to the world of real time through a registered apprenticeship initiative that was launched in february 20 of 21 so prior to that, my background's in education. I worked with schools um, and districts as a teacher, as a teacher on special assignment, helping develop programs for career tech ed in California specifically. And in 2019, I moved to the California Department of Education to support the arts, media, and entertainment industry sector for career tech ed in the state. And really my charge was to map public education to creative industry and find areas where there's a workforce need to develop programs and viable school to career pipelines and work with industry to make that a reality. So in 2021, I was brought to the BRIC Summit. The BRIC Foundation is an organization, a nonprofit in California that really brings together creative industry leaders to help solve four problems. And the problem that they were seeing in industry, specifically across animation, visual effects, and games industries, is the lack of diversity and large um, gaps in representation. And so through those meetings at the BRIC Summit, there's always an action plan that's established. And we established an action plan to not only redesign the California state standards 
to be inclusive of real time and map to jobs and occupations and industry, but from that build the first ever registered apprenticeship program for animation, games, and visual effects career pathways. So that's how my work began in this space. It's amazing. So the arts, media, and entertainment workforce development initiative. Uh, I, I I love your you call it your charge. I would love for you to tell uh, the audience a little bit more about you know what that is and and exactly what you're doing there. Take a take a deep dive into that for us. Sure, no problem. So arts, media, and entertainment is an industry sector one of 15 in California for career technical education. In the state, um, career technical education is highly valued mm -hmm. and funded. And as a result, we have more sectors that we serve than several other states. Arts, media, and entertainment being our largest, serving over 250,000 students statewide. So essentially, um, Though in that sector, there's multiple pathways. And with the workforce training initiative, what what we did is we really wanted to make sure that students were prepared for careers. While creative, creative education is essential and arts education is essential and foundational, what is going to differentiate those programs, those CTE programs from your traditional arts programs. And so we started figuring that there needs to, we need to identify a where the jobs are where there's a workforce need, look in the future, figure out what are the skills that students need to have to be able to meet the needs of the kind of rapidly evolving landscape of the industry and really put energy and funding into developing youth apprenticeship programs. So the AME Workforce Training Initiative, um, as I mentioned prior, was launched by the California Department of Education and funded this year at almost a million dollars to support the development of very high quality apprenticeship or pre-apprenticeship aligned high school pathway programs in public schools. So we are creating kind of an ecosystem of model programs, um, animation, visual effects, and games being one of those focus areas. And other focus areas are film editing, um, audio production and engineering, uh, stage technology and live event production just to name a few. So really looking at where the workforce need is and then providing resources to schools to to upskill or kind of build their programs around workforce needs. I mean, it shouldn't come as any surprise that in California, the a, a very important large sector of their education would be arts, media, and enter, entertainment. Um, and, and I imagine the need for technical skills related to this isn't going it's not going away anytime soon and it's probably only becoming in my mind anyways it's only becoming more technical and more advanced and more sophisticated am i right yeah um in fact we've really put a lot of emphasis into teacher training to kind of help uh support that need so this year we launched the AME Institute, which is a new nonprofit dedicated to providing high quality training and externships to teachers. And she's actually doing, Ashley Adams, who's running that organization is, is doing that nationwide uh, in partnership with a lot of our industry partners like Unreal Engine and Epic Games. Um, they put together a free training for California teachers. So I think we had 40 teachers trained in a 36-hour intensive this year in California. Other partners 
have offered free tech trainings like Foundry, who is the uh, company that supports Nuke or owns Nuke, which is VFX software. They offered free teacher training. ZBrush um, is another company that offered free teacher trainings. Adobe is always a huge partner in offering training. So a lot of the work, the tech needs for these programs need to be, um, teachers need to be supported in being able to, to implement in their classrooms. And so we're really focusing on teacher training as much as we are on student training in this work. It's amazing. And we have two big conferences that really bring it together. So just, you know, side note, we can mark the calendars for um, March. I think it's, uh, I should have this on hand, 10th in Oakland and another one June 20th through the 22nd in Burbank. We'll be hosting big professional learning events. Amazing. So there's tons of opportunity for educators uh, of, mm-hmm. I, I imagine all stripes, you know, probably focused on high school um, educators, but, you know, uh, educators of all stripes to, um, to take, you know, and we've actually talked to a number of educators on, on this podcast who are, are really trying to take their own personal learning kind of to another level. Um, I imagine you're seeing these, these types of educators. I'd love to understand a little bit about who those people typically are. What, what kind of people are you seeing coming to these kind of seems like really exciting training opportunities? Yeah. So we, um, last year we had about 450 in person uh, attend. And again, that's across all different pathways. So the types of educators vary. I mean, it just depends on what they teach. California is unique as we do have specialized career technical education teachers. And so that's the majority of the people attending, Mm -hmm. but we also opened up community college partnerships this year to help bring in. So we had an uptick of community college faculty that teach in the specific content areas that we were doing tech trainings um, and administrators attend because they want to be able to have ongoing support for their teachers. So I think it just kind of the type of, of professional educator that we see generally is somebody who's really passionate about their classroom and really passionate about bringing students the right type of education and willing to put in the time and energy to, to learn it themselves. And you've named uh, a couple great, you know, big companies, uh, names that everyone would know, Epic Games and Adobe. Um, And, and, and we know you partner with, many more. And I mean, these are even organizations that kids would completely know, like Riot. I mean, uh, if you're a, if you're a, what age should I say? It's, if you're a 16 year old boy, uh, the odds of you knowing uh, who Riot are, you know, are pretty high. Nickelodeon, Dolby, a number of other organizations. I'd love to, um, to hear you talk a little bit about, you know, the work that you do with these organizations, uh, how you get them to commit to bringing on um, these interns, you know, and and the value you're seeing from these these types of partnerships. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have to say that the the way that that I personally work is. In, as an educator my whole career, I'll just, I'll contextualize this a little bit. 
Um, we're always like, hey, industry, look at this amazing thing we're doing. Can you validate it? Mm. Instead of going, hey, industry, we're really trying to train the next generation for your spaces. What do we need to do? So really the, the pivot there was when we convened these leaders, and again, they're through other partner organizations, Brick Foundation pulls together leaders for animation games and VFX. Those companies you referenced, that's, they were there. They're at the table. Um, the Visual Effects Society, one of our big partners, is pulling together the most incredible speaker series, right? Those are members of their organizations. So working through professional associations, AIGA is another one amazing professional organization for design. They pull together the most like powerhouse advisory with industry leaders. So working one to answer your question with professional organizations to pull in people in their membership that believes in education as a, as a core initiative that they want to lean into. That's number one. Number two, during those convenings, instead of as an educator, just presenting to them about what we're doing so that they can thumbs up it, at really diving in, asking, what do you need? What do you see as the gaps in your workforce? And again, these are usually like early careers, HR people, um, or some execs that really believe in this work and can make some changes in their companies, as well as social corporate responsibility people. So those are generally the areas and the creative teams. There's definitely artists and creative team leaders that attend um, some of these meetings. But overall, it's really about letting industry lead industry design, and then backwards mapping that into education. And so uh, in terms of, you know, let's just talk Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon is an example. Um, they're doing a ton of work in public ed. They've dedicated resources. They've dedicated headcount. They have um, a VP over community engagement, Carson Smith, who's incredible, who's been working with us. He has a mentorship program for CGR, hmm. right? But so, so there are certain companies that really lean in, Riot Games, mentioned Riot. Riot Games has been so invested in this initiative that they onboarded a new position for rolling out an internal workforce training apprenticeship program that we're going to launch this, this next year. So by having actually the applications coming out this month, so by having industry partners that are able to be decision makers in their own company, steer the education work, there becomes buy-in. And they also understand that if we're going to design this, we need to invest or put some skin in the game in order to make it viable. Epic's another one. Epic Games hired a team member specifically to support this new youth apprenticeship initiative in the arts departments. So That's again, incredible. it's really about having companies that give their, their humans the autonomy to lead and to develop things who invest funding. But then from the education side, it's really about, I'm sitting in the back seat. I'm just like facilitating. These people are designing and I'm just steering. So I, again, understanding my role is not in content, content expertise. And then we can map their expertise into our work as educators. It's incredible. And you brought up Something that I, I I love I love talking about, um, and that's the need for diversity and representation in, in this industry. And and I imagine you're hearing with all of these partnerships when you ask them, you know, what is your need? 
I, I think that a lot of them are starting to realize one of their needs is better representation, better diversification. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't recommend enough to, to people in the tech industry to, to read, um, you know, um, algorithms of oppression and books like that that talk about how there's inherent bias in coding related to, you know, to white people, for example. And, um, and so I would love to have you talk a little bit about how um the work that is being done is 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 hopefully and i and i imagine it is um bringing more diverse representation into into the tech and arts and media industry yeah that's a great question and actually it's the driving factor so the Brick foundation summit that i mentioned that's actually happening again this summary summer excuse me i don't no, I said summer, this February, um, is the place where a lot of these initiatives kind of are born. Because as I mentioned, creative leaders come together. What is the problem we're seeing in our industry across the board, across companies? And then how do we solve, right? And the problem that launched us was this need for a more diverse workforce. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, well, how do you solve? You work with public schools instead yep. of recruiting from the same top five art schools that require you to work in an unpaid or minimum wage internship for in just to get your feet on the ground. Then maybe we as industry should be looking at working younger so looking at supporting students throughout their education to even know these jobs exist, working with communities and families to dispel some of the mythology around those are not real jobs in the arts. Mm. And then to build those programs in public education settings that's free and public and really specifically in, in California in our Title I schools, which are serving... Um, primarily socioeconomically disadvantaged communities. So really like targeting the grant programs that I run to this Title I schools inherently solves for that problem because it's no longer, you're not even having to do strategic recruitment. It's just like the schools that are serving the communities that you want to target are receiving the resources to do that, right? So I don't know if that makes sense, but it's um, it's been definitely the drive in all of this work, honestly, across the, you know, it's a response to a pretty inequitable, we call it uh, exclusion by familiarity, who you know kind of industry. We're trying to dismantle that. Amazing. That's amazing. Um, I ask everybody at the end of our conversations about the future, um, and, and it seems you would have some really great insight um, to me on on the pathways and the careers and the progression that people are taking and and the ways that we can facilitate those. Um, uh, and so I'd love to know where you see the work you're doing, um, you know, in this realm or the work that your group is doing. Um, where do you see things in five to seven years? Well, that's a great question. And I'm going to ignore the last week of crazy toss up in the tech world um, and, and be very positive and hopeful in the response to this yeah. question. Um, so I think, you know, we've heard and seen a lot of production and live action is shifting to virtual production. 
And that's going to open up a ton of different job opportunities for people and kind of change the way movies are made moving forward on a grander scale. So I really see um, there a, there's a need to really start training people in virtual production environments. It's pretty expensive to do so. So that's going to be a thing. Um, but even like to be a grip, your work is so different in a virtual production LED you know, stage versus on location somewhere in a field, right? So really being able to like support programs in understanding how virtual production is going to change the industry. Um, also, you know, it's hard to say, but I think with this apprenticeship initiative and watching things roll out across these different in five to seven years, that's that's when we hope this pipeline is really built. So seeing how that changes things, right? And changes status quo. I mean, seeing it pay off, big, right? Yeah. Well, apprenticeship's a big pivot. I mean, it's it's really like, hey, instead of going into debt to go to school and have to work for free to get a job, we're like, hey, school's free and you get paid for on-the-job training. Like that's a whole change. And so my hope is that in five to seven years, that's the norm for education, period. Yeah. Right? For post-secondary, for higher education, like do your classroom instruction, subsidized, get on the job training so that, you know, you're not in a bunch of debt and graduating with a degree that you don't know what you're going to do anything with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been amazing. I don't know. Uh, okay, sorry, I didn't answer that, but no, no, it's great, and I and I love I love that I love that idea of the future for sure. Allison Frenzel, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you.